0: Help is on the way for the Philadelphia Eagles at linebacker. The Eagles agreed to a one year deal with Shaq Leonard. Is it enough? Could they be bringing Zach Ertz in next? Stock up, stock down. A loaded Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles coming your way. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use our promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the show, and we have a move to talk about, despite it being December 5th. General Manager Howie Roseman saw the San Francisco 49ers tear up his group of misfits at the linebacker position specifically Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis so what does he do he agrees to a one-year contract with former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard you know we thought this could be happening for the last few weeks Leonard's kind of been dragging his feet met with the Dallas Cowboys met with the Eagles he's been deciding between the two and he decides to choose Philadelphia is this enough what do you think about the move overall compared to what they have at this position
1: as we said on yesterday's bonus show, and we talk five days a week, I mean, heck, you're getting six episodes this week because of moves like this happening on December 5th, right? Like Howie Roseman is one of those guys that as bad as things may be, he's not going to sit there and say, eh, okay, this is what it's going to be. And as a Yankee fan, I have a general manager and Brian Cashman who does exactly that. They've had the same roster for 10 years and they're like, oh, why can't we get to a World Series and Howie Roseman's like, yeah, we need to change like that. We need to change within 24 hours of our misstep. It's a good move, Lou. I think in the arms race of what is the NFC, it does a lot of good things for you. You see that the middle of the field was susceptible against a team like San That's Francisco. Hopefully in that next go around, you will hopefully have a healthy Zach Cunningham, potentially yep. a healthy nikobe Dean at the time, a Shaq Leonard who will be two months into this defense when that time comes around. Is he going to be the all pro that gets you to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. It's not a one-man league. But does he help? One Hundred percent, in my opinion, because it can't get much worse than what they had the other day, and right. it's unfortunate. I feel bad for Nicholas Morrow, the situation that he's put yeah, in because he's he,
0: been good this year for yeah, role. in his
1: good spot, right? Like yeah, that's what right. I talked about with Terrell Edmonds. Why I think he was used bad when he was in Philly is because he was just put in a precarious position, playing as a single high safety. Sometimes right, they're and asking that's not backups to be.
0: They're asking backups to be starting level linebackers who should be covering like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Nichols Morrow is not that player. Do you know? No. That's the thing is like Christian Ellis too plays 70 plus percent of the snaps. He's not a starting level player. You cannot mm-hmm. ask two players like that to go up against the other best offense in the NFL when it yes, comes to a tough. pure talent perspective. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think you nailed it. Perfect. Like Shaq Leonard is an upgrade. He's, really good depth. Again, you don't want to need to play Christian Ellis ever again this year. Oh, a Super Bowl contender no, should never be playing Christian Ellis, even a team like this that ignores linebacker as much as they do. But I think the biggest issue that they do have at linebacker is in coverage. We saw that specifically with Moro on Sunday. Does Leonard really fix that issue? Maybe again, he's a slight upgrade, but I'm more focused on just getting Zach Cunningham back healthy right now to fix that problem.
1: After the last twenty four hours have kind of percolated, and we said that on yesterday's episode, that's the same thing. I'm, I, I'm having the same mentality of I think your best linebacker is is yeah. at Cunningham, and I don't think that changes with the signing of no. Shaq Leonard at all. But it's it the only best you can helps. do, right? I mean, and yeah, like it's
0: the best you could do at this. point. In December point. to add a Shaq Leonard isn't. I mean, again, you're never gonna you're not gonna be able to fix your long term linebacker issues in December right now. This is an off season thing that Howie really needs to. He needs to look in the mirror and discuss this position. Maybe he's doing it wrong. Maybe he's not. I just like, though, and I want to get into that in a second with Eugenio, but I just like that even if this move doesn't work, he's always trying to create. Like, he's never allowing a hole to just sit mm-hmm. there for weeks and weeks. Like, at safety, he brings in Kevin Byard. In the slot, he brings in Bradley Roby. At wide receiver, he brings in Julio Jones. And at linebacker now, he brings in Shaq Leonard. Like, yeah, these moves all might not work. But at least in last year, Linval Joseph, Nadonikin Sue, mm. like at least he does go for it and make sure that they don't just settle with. Well, Morrow and Ellis are who we have until Cunningham comes back. I just I love that he just never settles.
1: The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, Howie Roseman is looking at that and saying we can't do that. We can't be one of those teams that just sits there and hopes. You can't hope it's the hope that kills you from Ted Lasso, right? Like you could hope that Nicholas Morrow suddenly doesn't allow 15 for 15 in coverage or whatever the heck it was.
0: I think he did say in a press conference one time that hope is not a strategy. I'm I'm almost positive that came out of his mouth.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a a very analytical person. He's somebody that is always trying, always trying at least Lou to put together a roster that is for the now and for the later. Except at some positions like linebacker, for example. But, right. Is he
0: trying enough, though? That's, yes. At certain there positions... is one
1: player that can be our Mufasa, be our, our saving, not our move, right? Is Mufasa the, why am I blank? Simba. Simba yeah, I, I was blanking on that for a second. He could be our Simba. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. We could get to that conversation come draft time. I mean, he is born to be a Philadelphia but Gino, Eagle, but
0: yeah, go ahead. Honestly, I want to hear. I, I think, I don't want to say he needs to reevaluate his linebacker philosophy. I think I he do... does. He does. It, to a degree, yeah. I, I think we he do needs, too here. <laughs> I, I think he does need to come more in the middle. I think like there's mm-hmm. two extremes, right? There's like committing way too much at this kind of position. That's not as valuable as others. But then there's also the extreme of just completely ignoring it, right? Right. I do think they make the right call prioritizing other positions like cornerback, defensive line, of course, every other position on offense to even running back to a degree over linebacker. I think that is the right call. An average linebacker linebackers have not stopped this team from contending over the last eight years. So I do think it's not, I don't want suddenly now every single year he's doing like what Chip Kelly did in 2015, where he's got D'Amico Ryans, Michael Kendricks. He's, he's giving Kendricks an extension. He's trading a star for Kiko Alonso. Then he's spending a third round pick on Jordan Hicks. Like I don't want that much investment in this position, but I will say, I think he needs to start just again, it's my same... I've said this before on the show in the offseason about his trench draft strategy. Like, yes, the majority of the time, use those first and second round picks on linemen. But that doesn't mean not no year at all. Like, you can never spend a premier asset at linebacker or at corner in the draft or at safety. I think it is okay to spend at least one premier asset here.
1: I think he's learning. And why I say that is the evidence that we have seen with positions like running back, for example, and safety. I think those are the three that we would look at as the big three of the areas where Howie Roseman goes a little bargain hunting, right? Yeah. Well, at safety over the last two calendar years, he brings in Chauncey Mm Gardner-Johnson. He also goes out there and spends a third-round pick on Sidney Brown. He moves multiple picks for all-pro Kevin Byard. Look at running back as well. He goes out and moves picks for DeAndre Swift, right? He takes a stab at Rashad Penny. I'm with you. He has to find, as we always talk about, the balance at this position, like right now, Lou, I know TJ Edwards might've been a little too rich for your blood, but Kaiser white on a one year, $4 million deal. How great would he be in this defense right now? Just to have as a stable factor because you didn't have stability. You lost so much in the middle of the field. And to a degree, Lou, it kind of was hope at linebacker. You were hoping it was N'Kobe Dean, And Christian Ellis, because Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham were on the roster to begin the season. It definitely
0: was hope to a degree, yeah. Like, Cunningham, I think, did replace Kazir White just fine, but I don't think that was how he's planned initially. It was Nicholas Morrow. And I I think, again, I will give him some defense here. N'Kobe Dean was a third round pick that he spent a, that's a much higher pick than he's used to spending at linebacker. N'Kobe Dean was seen Mm -hmm. by the consensus as a day one linebacker talent with Devin Lloyd as somebody that could maybe go in the first round. So I do understand him investing in Dean this year and believing that he could be that guy. N'Kobe Dean has not become that guy, at least as of yet. So that to a degree, I will say is a reason that they're in the hole they're in at this position. But you know, at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes these bargain shopping moves at linebacker have worked out. It worked out with Cunningham. I, I would say, for what we what the expectations should have been with Nicholas Morrow, the signing was a, it worked out a lot better than we thought in August when he wasn't even on the roster. Um, but is it good enough? No, I, I don't think it is. Like they can still win a Super Bowl with linebacker, but that doesn't mean in a vacuum linebacker is good enough right now. Linebacker play is important in this modern cover two type of defensive world. You need speed and athleticism over the middle. There's a lot of space to work up to make to make up, I should say. Look at San Francisco with Fred Warner, and he's mm. dirty, but you know uh, Greenlaw or whatever. I can't even think of his name. Jerry right Dre Greenlaw, now. yeah, no, yeah, you're, Greenlaw, you're right. Yeah, so I think it's more important than maybe he and we lead on sometimes.
1: And for me, it's one of those things that. I I should probably revisit as well because my paradigm changed on this position when I was down at the senior bowl in 2020 and we were evaluating, we had eight players and Logan Wilson was part of that group. And I remember going in there and I'm looking at Logan Wilson. I'm like, yeah, he could cover pretty well, but like, he doesn't stop the run and we go in and we read our reports and our instructors like guys watch today's game. Does run stuffing matter as much as a linebacker, or is it more about taking away space and coverage? And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, wow. And then I see Logan Wilson go as high as he does. You see guys like Devin Bush go as high as they do. Why? The speed, the athleticism, the ability to go sideline to sideline. Maybe yeah. that's something that they have to invest in, lose simply just once, to man. keep up with this game.
0: Again, I'm not saying completely change your philosophy. They right. have the right philosophy. I just think they take it to an extreme where they just almost refuse to... Again, you can't get by with... Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, those are the only moves you make mm-hmm. this position every single year. Like, the majority of the time, if those are your moves, fine. But, yes, I think it's okay, and I said that about corner and safety, too. Like, you can take a year and spend it, just one early pick That's not an edge rusher or a defensive tackle or Mm an offensive lineman. Like, I promise you it's going to be okay. That doesn't mean suddenly you're going to be terrible in the trenches. So, especially with all the picks they've had, I think they can afford it. And hopefully, though, for now, Shaq Leonard can be good enough because it has to be better Mm -hmm. than it was on Sunday if this team wants to win a Super Bowl. All right, Gino, coming up next, stock up, stock down. We're going to start with stock down, though, after that 49ers loss because that was alarming in a lot of ways, especially on defense. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast.
1: Today's episode of LOE is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. It's the holiday season, and the Eagles, they fortunately play on Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. What a better gift than to go and get somebody you love that might be an Eagles fan some tickets to go celebrate one of the holidays in Lincoln Financial Field. And there's only one place to do that. It is over at Game Time. Go on the app, scroll down through all of the seat selections. They will show you the exact look of what you would be seeing from your seat right on there. You don't even have to click into the ticket to go inside the details. It's right on the screen, and you could get flash deals to comedy shows. You could go to the theater. My wife loves the theater. I got her some tickets. Don't tell her, though. This holiday season, make sure you download the Game Time app and create an account and use code Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. I mean, heck, twenty dollars in today's age that could buy you a dinner, a couple cups of coffee. Save it today by going to Game Time, download the app, create an account, use Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game
0: Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Guys, exciting news. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Gino, we got to get into Stockdown. 42-19 was the final score on Mm -hmm. Sunday. The 49ers didn't just beat the Eagles. They destroyed them. Um, I do want to say first, a quick update. The Eagles obviously signed Shaq Leonard. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, it does look like the Eagles have interest in Zach Ertz, and they have reached out. So Howie could be making another move this week in the form of one of the Eagles' all-time greats. And honestly, although they need linebacker more than tight end, I think Zach Ertz is a more effective player than Shaq Leonard right now, and I honestly would be more excited about that move removing nostalgia. 100%
1: 100% because you need somebody else at that position, yeah, man. man. There's only so many times you Sunday can motion. You can motion Jack Kroll. Jack Kroll. You can motion Jack Stoll across that offense and just hit him in the flat. That's the only route the kid can run at this point. And you need something else. And Albert O hasn't worked. Grant Calcaterra has been in and out of the lineup. You need something there. You need to change up pitch because I said on the bonus show and I think on – the episode after that game that you just don't have the arms in the arms race in the cold war right now. Like with San Francisco, you don't, you could keep up with Dallas. You've seen that in the past. You could probably keep up with teams like Detroit, Buffalo, Kansas city, obviously, but San Fran, they're, they're the front runners right now with what they have. And you saw that you got exposed. You need options not to be the premier focus of your offense, much like Shaq Leonard isn't going to be the premier focus of your defense, but Quez Watkins, we know that for every one catch he makes, he's going to drop three or four catches. Olamide is a super hit or miss. Julio Jones can't separate right now. Zach Ertz, he's still reliable. He understands getting to space. The Eagles need somebody to implement in the middle of the field outside of the few times that they get A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on free runners. They just need somebody in that area that they can pinpoint, and I think bringing him back with Dallas Goddard it's going to be huge, man. Huge I in the agree. in the next couple weeks. And to get the number one seed, you're probably going to need extra bodies there. Like, Let's say Dale Goddard isn't 100% when he comes back. You're not going to go into the playoffs with the hopes that these guys get better. No, much I can't. Like and it lineback. can't just
0: be Brown and Smith catching 17 balls every single week. Like, Over 200 just,
1: yards. Yeah, yeah no.
0: exactly. I mean, those guys can do that, but you need other options. Mm-hmm. By the way, Baltimore did say they like the tight ends they have. John Harbaugh said that in a press conference, so... I think the Eagles are the lead favorite to land Zach Ertz. Maybe tomorrow's show we'll be talking about that signing. I think it could come sooner rather than later. But, you know, let's get back to this game between the Eagles and the 49ers, and we'll start with stock down. We talked about linebacker play, obviously how we saw it, and was like enough's enough. we got to bring in Shaq Leonard. It was that bad on Sunday. It was – I mean, because mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers from the corners, Darius Slay only allowed three catches for 32 yards that game. James Bradbury didn't allow a single reception in coverage. Almost all of the production that came from Brock Purdy in that passing game was targeted at the linebackers. Nicholas Morrow himself gave up over 150 yards after the catch. Christian Ellis is a backup level player. He is not a starter. Again, the Eagles, I think they can still win a Super Bowl despite these linebackers. But it was absolutely in spite of them on Sunday if they had any chance at all, which they didn't really because of this position. And again, you have a chance this year with these linebackers, but against San Francisco specifically, who is the team that I think you're gonna have to get through to get back to Vegas. It could cost them because that is a massive mismatch considering the kind of star players they have on their offense.
1: And the guys that they used in the middle of the field, it was all of them. They
0: live in the middle. They are the team that can make you pay for having those linebackers.
1: And they did. And I think Howie Roseman definitely has survival bias when it comes to this position. If you've ever seen, there's a, there's a, it's not a meme. It's just a picture, but it's of an airplane from world war II, And they show like where all the gunshots were. And it's like, that survival bias is thinking you can make it by, by things that have happened in the past. When in Mm -hmm. reality, it's like there've been teams that had really good linebackers that didn't win the super bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, IE last year. Right. Right, And you look at, What happened the other day on Sunday? That's exactly it. Like all season long, it's been that survival bias that we have gotten by with that middle of the field. And it just got taken away in the blink of an eye because of what? The guys in the middle of the field. Yeah. And I think another stock down, Lou, tackling. You can't allow Brock Purdy to have 100 yards in the air and 200X yards after the catch because that's what San Francisco wanted to do. Why tackling wasn't an emphasis going into this week is crazy. I think Seth Joyner's wrong saying that there's a, like, a negative will and want to go and tackle. And like, he called this team. No, I, I don't think the it's
0: like, trying not... to tackle Debo. Debo. Samuel. Yeah.
1: He's a freaking train. Well, and Gino, like He's the Eagles train. are
0: not normally this year. They are not a team that's at the bottom of the league when it comes to like missed tackles, or I should say at the top of the league, like they're a pretty good tackling team this year. That was not something I think is a true characteristic of them.
1: No, I just think it, it was the emphasis of not taking guys down yards after the catch area where you knew that San Francisco was wa- going to want to play in to their own hand. And maybe that comes down to another stock down, in my opinion, defensive coaching and scheme.
0: I was going to say, man, the linebacker play was terrible, but Sean Desai did them no favors at all. Like there was not enough dime. There were not enough pressure looks with blitzes, disguise coverages. I, I thought that was a terrible performance from Desai
1: usually he's great after halftime when he could yeah, kind of change agree, things up safe. a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: after the first two drives, it, it was really good. But then Shanahan adjusted. He realized that he could take away that middle of the field. What the Eagles were wanting to do was keep everything underneath. As we saw, the guys are playing so far off, but with that game plan, Lou, if you're going to play off, you got to make open field tackles. Well, if they weren't tackling a well, while and that was your game plan coming in, you have to find a way to adjust. And in the second quarter, the way they came out in the third, it was clear that they were getting out coached. It was clear. I mean, the game plan wasn't there. You could throw the personnel issues in there as well, Lou, but it's been something over the last month or so that we have seen, and it just keeps coming back. And if we're going to hold the guy who yeah. was before him to the same accountability standards, he's got to be up to it as well, man. You can't keep allowing 42 points, 30 points to Sam Howell multiple times. No. It, it can't happen. I think that the episode, today's episode, the theme is not relying on hope. Like Brian Johnson, I mean, Sean, you can't hope things are going to change. You have to make some sort of adjustment. You, You at least try to live and die by the blitz well, you, at co- you at least try to play press cover you at right. least try something different
0: yes press coverage was another thing they just did not play enough of it yeah i think he just he didn't adjust enough especially in the second half and mm-hmm. you have to do that to stay ahead of kyle shanahan who's always making adjustments overall gino the defense as a whole the last month has just been one of if not the worst in football 74 yep. percent. i just saw this on twitter yesterday 74 percent of their drives have ended in a touchdown or at least one first down on that drive this year which is second last in the league over the last five games they are last in total defense they're 25th against the run they were first all year before that they're last against the pass I mean the linebacker play the secondary play it's been far too inconsistent Sean Desai times has been inconsistent they really just they're asking this front four to be King Kong and Godzilla the Mm -hmm. defensive tackles and the defensive ends and I just you know they will be that most of the time but they they need help like they, they need more help than they got Sunday
1: and the thing about this defense is in a cover six Vic Fangio type of scheme, it's predicated on setting the coverage and then the front. If Sean Desai can't get his coverage right, the front's not going to be right. If there's no synchronicity, you're going to get exactly what you saw, where the defensive line will have areas and times where they're very good, but then they're going to have waves where things just don't work and vice versa. Why was 22 so great? Because they had exactly that. Whatever they wanted to do on the back end, they could do on the front end because there was such cohesion, which we haven't really seen. And I think it's evident this year, Lou. And yeah, it's not the personnel you had last year, especially not in the middle of the field. And maybe.
0: But it should still be good enough to not it be blast and passy. No, Lou. Slay there's and, no excuse. Right. Like Slay and Bradbury are not who they were last year. But. For them to be dead last in passing with those two and Kevin Byard, who's been solid, Reed Blankenship has been a very mm-hmm. good safety this year. Like at linebacker, the personnel like that's a reasonable excuse for them yes. getting torn up. But the secondary, again, it's not as good as last year, but it should not be last.
1: No, there's there's no reason for it, and this isn't Arizona or right. even, I mean, heck. Like, look at what Pittsburgh's doing with a defense that's, I mean, they got Patrick Peterson playing on their defense, and they're still able to win games because of that unit. You're telling that, that the look Eagles don't.
0: secondary. Look at what Sean yeah. McDermott's done with the most banged-up secondary you've seen. Without
1: Trey White and all that. Yeah, no, one, yeah. I'm with you, man, that Sean Desai, he has a lot. He doesn't have as much as JG did, but he still has a lot to the point where if you're last, that's bad. If you're in the bottom yeah. third, that's bad. And, right. and no you want to compete for a Gino. Super Bowl.
0: Like, where have the takeaways been, too? I mean, just Mm -hmm. non-existent.
1: Just outside of that, Kevin Byard won against Patrick Mahomes that you got a couple weeks ago. It's it's been, yeah, like you said, non-existent to the point where they got to put these guys in a position to make plays on the football, especially when you're playing teams like you were playing the other day. I mean, if it's just going to be pitch and catch for a quarterback and you can't tackle and you're not going to adjust, 42 points on your head. That's exactly what happened.
0: I agree. All right, Gino, we'll get into some positives coming up next. There were some good things to take away from that game on offense. We'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to talk about sports on this show. It's an escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but we can talk for just a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is pretty scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of your kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed or my grandparents in a a, a blizzard type of situation like we dealt with in Buffalo, New York last year. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical, the Jace case. It's a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. That's through the Jace case. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to JaceMedical.com and use our offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's huge. JaceMedical.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% or I should say $20 off your first order. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's stock up, stock down after a 42-19 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Stock down really to the entire defense. The linebacker play, I think the corners. Uh, Sean Desai, no takeaways, just overall not great. And Gino on offense too, like the run game was not established. Mm-hmm. Outside of Devontae Smith and... You know, A.J. Brown, nobody really played all that well. Even Jalen Hurts held onto the ball for too Mm. long. But I will say, like, on offense, there were some positives to take away. Like, number one, I think the pass protection was way better than I thought it was going to be. Even with as good as the Eagles' offensive line is, that's a great front four that there were times they just could not get to Jalen. And I thought their third down passing was good. Like Smith and Brown were incredible. There are some things to take away. Like they did have that early success in the red zone that could have turned into tur- touchdowns, which maybe changes the script. But um, again, there's not a lot to find positive in this game, but I will say on offense in the passing game, at least there, there were some positives in a, in a tough matchup.
1: I will say that without Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, simply just winning a lot of one-on-one oh, matchups, yeah. the scheme isn't really helping out your quarterback at all, and all. Yeah. And you, you can't, expect your offensive line to play that good and allow Jalen to have that much time and Jalen hold on to the ball for as long as he did and not find an option. He was, he he's got to know to live and die by living within his scheme, which it's troublesome right now in the red zone. You're looking at plays where you're running a slot fade to AJ Brown with no motion, just a one-on-one look. There definitely are concerns, but to keep Jalen upright, that's big. I mean, against that unit, you could just, Get absolutely slaughtered behind that offensive line like, if you don't have guys like Jalen there Johnson that can escape.
0: Dominating Nick Bosa.
1: Yeah, there's some really good teach tape between those yeah. two. I mean, you want to learn how to play offensive line, how to scout defensive line, the anything in between. Go watch this game. I thought the the O line is a tough matchup. I mean, that trade for Chase Young. Did we even hear his name the other day? I know Javon yeah. Hargrave. You didn't hear too much of him either. It's a a great performance from those guys, especially because. Next week, you're going against Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, who's playing exceptionally good football, and also Diggy Zua as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys on Dallas that are going to replicate, not to the degree of what San Fran was, but if your O-line plays that good and gives Jalen time, and hopefully you could find a way to mesh the offense a little bit more with Brian Johnson, the O-line can win you a championship. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it was optimistic to see – you know, they're encouraging to see the third and long passing, especially like in a tough game against that kind of defense yards are not going to come easy for them to convert as many third and longs as they did. Again, a lot of that was like you said, it was just Brown and Smith just Mm -hmm. willing them to the chains, like that third and 19 screen pass to Devontae Smith, where he absorbs a, a double hit and then keeps moving his feet at 160 pounds, which was absolutely incredible. So a lot of it was just on your two elite players being elite, but you're going to need to do that again against San Francisco because you're not always going to get the third and twos. There's going to be third and seven pluses, and you got to be able to move the chains.
1: And that's another – I know we're trying to talk stock up here, but like, <laughs> it's great that you convert all these it. third and longs, but why are you in third and long so no, much? No, I agree.
0: Like, I'm with you. They didn't establish the run. And like you said, I think Jalen – and it's understandable. Like You have that much time. You have those receivers. The 49ers are playing a lot of man coverage. I would want a big game hunt too, but you can't do it every single play. So I think it was – it was on everybody that they were in those third and long situations. It's tough
1: to find a lot of positive in this one, but yeah, we I, don't
0: have to, we don't have to, not every, not every I, stock up, stock down has to be, we got to give,
1: I think just like the special teams unit was like the only one that was really on, right? and Dude, Braden man, at least gave them a chance backing them up within their 20, a couple times. Right. And I think Britton Covey is still giving you favorable field yep. position. And without Jake Elliott, this team is going to struggle to find points. So, At least one of the units is doing their job, but they need to find a way to get cohesion on offense. There has to be a cohesiveness between Jalen, between Brian. Sean Desai has to find cohesiveness between his personnel and his scheme because there's two more games in the NFC these next two weeks, Lou, against teams that are in the playoffs right now with Dallas and Seattle, and this is the one that matters. You got through. It's only one NFC loss. It's your first NFC loss of the year. 30,000-foot view. You're still in first place in in the conference, but this one is where it matters. How do you respond? Because if you don't and you do the same thing over and over again – that's insanity, and that's how you get another loss in this and league. you
0: could be looking at a wild card spot right now, which mm. is not where you want to be. So we'll look forward to that Eagles-Cowboys game tomorrow on the show. Three more shows for you right here on Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Each and every day, that's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of the show. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds.
1: Fly, Eagles, fly.